What would you say you do here? You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. There are no more shenanigans, no more tomfoolery, no more ballyhoo. Cartoon casual. Oh my god, Paul! I've been listening to way too much classic rock lately. Yeah, I don't know about too much. So here's the thing: you say classic rock. I shouldn't say just classic rock. Okay, I have in the past month purchased several records. I usually go to you know go to the Shady Grove Records, you know the record store downtown. Yep. I go there usually once a week, usually on Fridays. And see, you know, pick through what Pete's got and whatnot. Um, Is he getting new stuff all the time? Yeah, constantly. Okay. He's constantly, and he's got such a wealth of shit, like not shit, but a wealth of, of stuff that he's purchased uh-huh. that he hasn't even gone through yet. Like th- a couple thousand records that oh. he's went through and purchased in bulk and they just kind of sat in boxes. And now he's going through and, you know, judging the condition, putting prices on it, and putting it out for sale as he sells more stuff. Is he going to put, I tried to divert slightly, but uh-huh. is he going to put more Display cases out, or just or just use the one he has and and, and rotate stuff. I think he it's the ones that he has for now. Mm-hmm. I know that he has plans for a couple more, at least in the back area. Okay, all right. Have you been in there? Yes. Okay, so I've bought <laughs> two Beatles albums and four Led Zeppelin albums in the past two three weeks. <laughs> okay, so I've been listening, re going. I've been going back. I know this sounds terrible, but I'm I'm only thirty eight, right? Are you, like, are you doing the Beatles because the let's talk about the Swillers thing? No, well, well, that was the part of it. You know, oh. that's part of it that just kind of motivated me. I've always loved the Beatles since I was okay. a little kid. Gotcha. Uh, you know, and but the thing is, is that I always listen to like Beatles greatest hits or this and that and the other thing, whatever. When you, and you asked uh, me the other day, you're probably going to buy me something for Christmas. I'm guessing if I were was a Beatles fan or not, and I said yes, no, maybe. Haven't really bought any. You know, I like them, but uh, their newer stuff ish. But but I, I I think I forgot to tell you this, or maybe we did in a previous episode that the big piece of furniture, a cabinet thing my parents had, uh-huh. it was a huge thing. I used oh, to, that big console stereo. Yeah, I used thing? to lay down and listen to <laughs> listen to on my back, laying down, and it was kind of like two or three feet away from the wall, the end speaker. Yeah, the speakers on the front, speakers on the sides, listening to uh, Sergeant Pepper's over and over and over. Which is one of that the explains, albums that I bought. That explains a lot, so much about you. Yeah. I'm tw- 10, 12 years old. Yeah. 10 years old, listening to Sgt. Pepper's. Yeah, which is, I mean, it was kind of brand new at that point. Seven, seven, uh, 69, I think, is when it came out, so that would have been 73 for you. Yeah, about 73. Yeah. I remember just listening to it a lot. Now, it's, it's kind of weird. It is really weird. For me it's to be that very age? Dr- no, 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 that's not weird. That, oh. That's your folks having good taste. Right. No, really. Like, that's your folks having good taste and sharing yeah, being their good taste with you. 10 years old, if I'm in there just flipping through and then listen to it, is that young? No. Okay. I don't think so. All right. Because you're you're kind of at the whim at a certain age, you know, or under a certain age, you're at the whim of your parents and what they allow you to listen to. Yeah. And they get the last, we talked about this where they allow me to listen, listen to, to George Chong and, yeah, and George, and George Carlin. Carlin and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, those two, eh, whatever. Yeah. Class. <laughs> Shut up. Like, there's fucking like that. I need to find Big Bamboo because that's, so, that's I need to such find a it, funny I need to album. I find my stuff and just bring it to your place and listen to and it. And we'll just sit around and listen to <laughs> all that stuff. Okay, so uh, no, I don't think that's weird. Now, right. it would be weird if your folks were like, here, listen to Lenny Bruce. Like, that's a little bit much. Sure. Like, a, you know, an eight, nine, ten-year-old doesn't need to hear about a, a bunch of fucking Jewish fucking cunts in the Lower East Side of Manhattan in 1960. Like, they don't need to hear about that. I do remember listening also to uh, Jesus Christ Superstar album. Damn. Uh, 
you know, that was uh, on, right on. it was on tour. It was uh, was going around then mm-hmm. in the 70s, which is badass. Your your right. folks are cool. Yeah. Your your folks are cool. My folks were cool like that, too. Like they, they kind of let me listen to whatever. It's kind of a cool album. Jesus Christ Superstar. The uh, the rock. I mean, it, you know, it's the play vinyl the cast form. recording, yeah, cast recording, right? Yeah. Original cast recording. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of cool. Anyway. All right. So you're OK. So I've been I've been getting you have to understand I. And actually, I have to throw a shout out to a guy who I didn't even know listened to the podcast until I was back in Ohio this past uh, visit. I was literally driving down the road, driving my mom back from, uh, we went somewhere in Dayton, and we were coming the back way in Detroit. And I was like, hey, the Fulkers live over here. So there's a guy that, I, that I've been friends with since seventh grade. His name's Joe Fulker, my mm-hmm. name being Joe Fellers. We sat next to each other in multiple classes, had been in, you know, all that stuff. Not we were, spelled like the airplane. F. No, Falker, F-U-L-K-E-R, oh, not Falker. Falker. Yeah, not Falker. Falker. Or Falker Wolf. Gotcha. Like none of that. No, no Falker. Okay. So Joe uh, Falker and the Falker family, they're big swimmers. Uh, my brothers all swam, swim team like with those guys, like with them. Joe and I worked as, we're the two Joes. Okay. The summer we were 16, the summer before our junior year, we were lifeguards at the, the Troy Municipal Pool. Okay. And we listened to. That was probably fun. No, Paul, no. You, okay, you remember uh, in American Beauty when Kevin no. Spacey talks about the summer that he was a, uh, you know, he worked at a burger joint, and he goes, wow, that's, and his, and his co-worker says, that sounds like it was terrible. He goes, no, all I did was get high and get laid all summer <laughs> long. That's, that's what I did. Wow. Really? Like, just. Good for you. It was fucking awesome. It was one of the best summers I've ever had. And. There was only three of us out of like 12 or 14 lifeguards. Three of us were in high school. The rest of them, it was their summer job home from college. So I was hanging out with a bunch of college age, mostly women. So it was just me and Joe Falker, the Joes, mm-hmm. and uh, and a bunch of college girls, which was so much fun, which is also the summer. That I, it sounds like a terrible time, doesn't it, yeah, Paul? It's awful. Um, but like... They were like college girls that were reading all the time and yeah, doing abso- no, mathematical abso- equations. Ab- no, but all of them were super fucking smart. None of them were like dumbass college people. But they, they were, were, still were still were working in bathing suits. So Yes, but yeah. but all that aside, like it wasn't, we weren't sleeping with any of them. We weren't fooling around with any of them. Mm-hmm. But because we were kind of the young guys, uh, we kind of caught shit. We're like the kids or whatever because they're like 19, 20, 21. We're like mm-hmm. 16. And, but it's kind but of a status job. It is a status job. There is a little bit of a power trip. Mm-hmm. You get a great fucking tan. Mm-hmm. And like honestly, like as my friend Caitlin said, you remember Caitlin Halbert? Yeah, crazy Caitlin. She she bit me in the face. She, yes, she told me if you can't tan or if you can't tone it, tan it. And she is fucking right because <laughs> I was I wasn't as fat as I am now, but I was like uh, still pudgy and lifeguard. But I was tan as fuck, and I looked like this like Samoan prince. It was fucking awesome. Like wow. my, my, my skin was the color of this table. It was like a deep wood wow. color. Anyway, wow. right. so that was a great summer. Now, the reason I bring this up is that that's the summer that I discovered uh, that there's deeper cuts than the shit that you hear on the radio. And I didn't know that about Zeppelin, really, because I just never... Like, my mom and stepdad are big fans of Zeppelin, but I, we just didn't listen to a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh. WTUE out of Dayton, Ohio is a classic rock station, and they played at 6 p.m. every day. They called it Getting the Lead Out, and they played like an hour's worth of Led Zeppelin songs from 6 to 7. Okay. And that's when I discovered that stuff, and Joe Falker, my counterpart in the Joe's crew, Mm -hmm. was 
a big Zeppelin fan already, and he got me turned on to it. The problem is I never listened to albums. I listened to, like, Greatest Hits okay. or whatever was on the radio, so I have no idea what context it is. Sure. As I'm rediscovering vinyl and collecting, I'm like, oh, this shit makes so much more sense. Because it's on that album. Because it's, it's on that album. It's yeah. like, I, 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 like I know I know Immigrant Song. I know Tangerine. I know this. I know mm-hmm. that. But I don't know. I didn't realize, oh, it's on this that album that in this era, order in this context in this order yeah exactly. order, a lot of these artists pain over this with the exact order they're putting which it is in. why Zeppelin was a holdout the Beatles were a holdout um uh God who else uh Garth Brooks still doesn't have anything on on uh on streaming did you know that no Garth Brooks isn't on iTunes Spotify Pandora nothing hmm. because he's like I make albums you know, Pink Floyd for the longest time they were holdouts. They were huge holdouts. The, the yeah. Beatles, Pink Floyd, and Beatles, uh, ba- yeah, and, they were major, major. Yeah. You know, those are all holdouts because it's one piece of art, and I get that. Um, so as I'm rediscovering this music, uh, the big thing, and I talked to Mike about this yesterday, is I had this. Uh, I can't remember what the the Zeppelin box set was, but it was four CDs. They're all black on the front, and it had basically their greatest hits it was a big box set with a big like a booklet okay. picture booklet and whatnot just really cool box set and i got that i think when i was like 16 or 17 and so i i now i'm rediscovering this stuff and now it just makes way more sense to me another thing that i was so okay anyway i want to ask you yes. are you a zeppelin guy i have purchased zeppelin stuff and i'm not I'm not a major it's fan. Like, ask you, are you a Coke guy? I've purchased Coke before. Like I know, <laughs> uh, like I know that you like a lot of artists, and I'm not quite like that. I mean, I, I mine's mine's a little bit narrower than that, you know. But I, I, I just for whatever reason, I, I became fixated on a handful of artists when I was in high school, uh-huh. and I stuck with mainly them. Don't know why. It's just what I did. Uh, Rush, The Who, and Pink uh, Floyd. And Pink that Floyd. was a top three, and there were yeah. other other incendiary ones that were. But I, I did buy um, God, which Zeppelin albums did I buy? Fuck, probably still have them up there too. But I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I would say I'm a fan more or less. Right. Okay. I, I would say you're, you're it, but you I like, can answer all the quizzy questions and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Okay. Right, yeah. So here's the thing: when you say I like a lot of artists, you know how I am about music, and I just, I just love music because right. music is one of those things that is universal throughout all cultures and all, all types of people. Mm-hmm. Um. But you have to understand, I also have artists that, that I where every single note that they've ever played, I absolutely love 100%. I only have a handful of artists like that. Right, and there uh, are... And I wouldn't even include the Beatles in that. I would say Band of Horses. I agree with those two. Like, like, like if you knew a, how to play all those instruments, like I, I, the same thing in my mind, if I knew how to play all that stuff, I could I could play it. Yep. I know absolutely. all every single note, What? how long yeah. it was held. Excuse me, all that stuff. You know all the little subtle nuances yep. to like who's next. Yeah. Like that which Portia and I were in uh where it went to the record store record store uh you know last week when she was here, which is funny because she bought a handful of CDs. That is hilarious. Because he's got a bunch of CDs there. She has a CD player in her car and she's like, "Oh, I should buy some CDs." So I think she <laughs> bought like 5 of them. And I'm like Pete looks at me and looks at her and he's like, "Do you find it kind of funny, man?" And I said, "What's that?" He goes, well, you don't even own a CD player, and your child is buying CDs, and, right. but you're buying vinyl records. Which just remi- reminds me of when CDs first came out. You were, you were not really. You were very young. I was very point. young. I do remember them though because we've talk, talked about this before. Uh, <laughs> we may not have had a lot of money to eat on, but by God, we had great fucking sound. 
Yeah, we had they, we had a CD player when I was. Uh, I mean, my first the first Christmas gifts I remember as like as a kid, like stocking stuffers, mm-hmm. were uh, I was six, I think. This would have been on eighty five. Yeah, six or seven, and I got Bob Marley and the Whalers Legend, which is basically greatest hits. You know, Bob Marley's <laughs> greatest hits. And UB40's Labor of Love. That's the one that had red, red wine on it. So that would have been about 86 or 87. Okay. I, and they were CDs. They weren't tapes. They weren't records. They weren't well, 8 I remember when the stores first came out, Turtles Records and Tape was a big one in Atlanta area, Turtles. And it was, uh, I mean, they weren't cheap. This is like. No, like they were fucking around 20 bucks. 79, 80, 81. I don't know what year it was. And they were really out there. The big cardboard box. Yeah. The long cardboard boxes, the long thin ones. Remember yeah. those? Yeah. And we're flipping through those and go, this is not quite as fun as an album. You right, know, I remember doing that, going, but yeah, we do, everybody would go to the record store. That's what you did. Yeah, after work, after whatever, let's go to the record store and hang out. Two things, which is cool, I, and I, I like doing that. Uh, you know, I, I plan on spending half hour, forty five minutes at Pete's place yesterday, and spent actually closer to two hours. Is there. he playing music there now? On Absolutely, the yes, thing? yes, he has. <laughs> I, I mentioned that to him. <laughs> And he goes, I know that was so embarrassing. He was he, Paul was not the only person that came in and said something. But it's true. But I'm glad he's I just, knew something I was, was really, really missing. I couldn't quite. It took me what? Because I'm getting old now, Joe. I couldn't, my, <laughs> my brain wasn't trying. And then I went, oh, there's no music in here. And wait a minute. Not only that, but there's no music. And it's not on a record player. And it's not on a record player. There's no music. And there's and not, it's it's a vinyl a store. There's no vinyl playing. And he recognized <laughs> that, felt like an asshole for it. But when you sell. Someone, the, someone wanted to buy it. He only had because he. I think he at one point in time he had four or five record players used like used like like uh, uh, vintage record players mm-hmm. for sale, but four out of the five of them weren't in perfect shape to where he would feel comfortable playing um, a record that he also wants to sell. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like where the tone arm needed adjustment or needed this or needed that. So the one that was in really good shape, he sold, and it didn't feel comfortable putting anything else on those other ones, which I think is is funny. It's one of those. It's a it's a it's a good problem to have, but it's still a problem, right? But it, yes, it was just kind of taken care of. It's like I think it was their soft opening, and I went, "Oh, there's no music playing. There's no music." And he's like, "Yeah, I sold my <laughs> sold sold anyway, my functioning record." I'm glad player. to hear they're playing vinyl yes. at the vinyl store now. Yes. So. <laughs> It, but, right. but yeah, the the Zeppelin thing—it just—I uh, don't know. Uh, it's weird. I forgot how much Zeppelin I really, really like. Like it's always there in the no, back they, of I mean, my they're, mind. They're solid, man. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah, no, and and so okay. So this is this leads me into another another discussion I kind of wanted to have with you. Mm-hmm. The, that I was talking to uh, Anthony from uh, the Swillers the mm-hmm. other night about um, Paul McCartney being an underrated bassist. Oh, okay. Uh, because I just you, you, he his name doesn't come up very often when you talk about greatest bass player of all time. People usually will throw out um, they'll throw out Getty Lee, mm-hmm. they'll throw out um, um, John Entwistle. Yeah, but they do. They throw they, them out. they throw those out. But yeah. then like the he- real heavy hitters would be Les Claypool from Primus, who is as far as anybody any any, uh, any bass player out there other than him will say. Les Claypool is the most the technically proficient bassist of all time. Yeah, I've never heard anybody talk about Paul Car- Paul Cartney. Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. But if you go back, uh, if you go back and listen to that stuff, holy shit, he was doing things. So okay, so this is what I'm getting at. Chris and I had a very cool conversation uh, right with Chris Lay right before anybody showed up. It was just me and him hanging out in the garage the other night, 
And uh, I said, man, you know, it's really strange. I never really thought about McCartney being such a huge, uh, such a great bassist. And he said, yeah, that's because people don't know how to put it into the proper context. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, when you tell somebody who's, say, 25 years old that hasn't studied music, they've just heard music, if they don't, they, they listen to Led Zeppelin and go, well, that doesn't sound like heavy metal. Well, if you listen to 80 to 90% of everything else that was on the radio in 1968, 1969, uh, it was fucking insane. And then you go back three years before and listen to Helter Skelter. Helter Skelter is one of the hard, hardest. That's badass. Yeah. But nothing sounded like that back then. So if you look at it through Correct. the lens of the uh, and the context of that time, it's <clears throat> fucking insane. It's no wonder people thought they were worshiping the fucking devil because they'd never heard anything. Well, the other thing, like I, I, I've reverted back to this before, and we've spoken about this, I'm sure, is the... Uh, is the, uh, is the uh, Folsom Prison, you know, the Johnny Cash. Oh, so dark. Very in the just fifties. Yeah. A shot a man to in Reno just to watch him die. Yeah. In the fifties he said that. And it was on Dude. Pop radio, country yeah. radio, rock radio. Yeah. Like it was on everything. That's when a lot of stations were were religious, still kind of yes. whatever. They were, they were yeah. trying to find themselves. And that's he was the edge. He was that's why that's why so many people love him. Some of the people like he was a pioneer. Oh, yeah, and that's why know? like punk rockers fucking still love Johnny Cash because yeah, because of that kind of because and, of and that. breaking those light bulbs at the at the old Grand Ole Opry. You Absolutely, know, just boom, you know, it's stomping on him and stuff. Yeah, of course he was wigged out on of, you know, whatever was, the fuck. He was uh, out on, uh, Black Beauties, <laughs> the, the uh, speed uh, yeah. amphetamines. But that's pretty. That's pretty out there. It's, it is pretty out there. So then yeah. when you so you have to start looking at things as the you know Paul McCartney. I I would like to put Paul McCartney up again. Oh, another one, another bassist that I, just so people don't get pissed off me for not mentioning his name is Flea. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, Flea, you know, from and Chili Mike Peppers. Hemmons, thanks you. Uh, you know what's funny? <laughs> Mike will be like, Flea isn't even the best. Like that's not even his best instrument. Flea is a phenomenal bassist. He's probably in the top five of all time. Right. Right. He really is just that good. Technically proficient as funk and anything else. The things that he does, uh, I forget who, uh, Les Claypool said this. You, I, I don't know if you ever listen to much Primus, but it's very... Not much, bass, but I'm familiar, yes. It's, he plays a bass like a lot of, like George Harrison played a 12-string guitar. Yeah, it's it's strong. It's fucking There's insane. A, yes, yeah. yeah. So Les Claypool said about Flea that uh, Flea By does... By the way, Anthony's a very good bass player, so we just not... It, well, he better be with those fucking banana hands. I know, he can. Got. He He's, has no choice. He can do, do an octave with his fucking thumb and fucking... It's like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> and he is... And, and you know what's funny? He's better at playing guitar than he is bass. That's how fucking good he is. He ought to pick up another instrument. You ought to pick up just a regular, you know, freaking guitar. He does. And just it, play it on uh, whatever. He plays in that Rage Against the Machine cover band. Okay. The uh, uh, Evil Empire. That's with, right. with Lee and all those guys. Okay. And, and he... I haven't it. seen them play. I didn't know. Oh yeah, yeah no, you'll you'll you you're you'll you're in for a treat. Okay. So uh uh about Les Claypool said about Flea that Flea does with four strings what it takes most people six or twelve strings to do. And he somehow does it, and I still don't understand how he does it. Mm-hmm. For Les Claypool to say that about you is basically you've kind of made it. But Flea plays a trumpet. He grew up playing jazz trumpet. His dad no is a famous jazz trumpet player. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. So looking at things through the lens of and in the context of the era that they were put together is fucking kind of insane. It's something I feel like a, an idiot for never having done that before. Mm-hmm. So if you just take uh, uh, what fucking song? 
The Swillers are, are trying to put together a Beatles, all Beatles. Yeah, is, there, know, a, is there a date uh, for that yet? Uh, no, there's no date. There's a month. It's May. May. It's okay. going to be May. Okay. Uh, but they've got four or five. And they're going to play a lot of a lot of play Beatles. Four full forty-five minute sets. Wow. All they're learning a lot of Beatles. Yeah. All Beatles, and they're killing it. But but him, Anthony was the one who just was like uh, he started playing some of the you know, working out the bass riffs, and he's like fuck. Fucking Paul McCartney is like some of the toughest bass lines that I've ever had to learn. And I'm like, really? So then we started talking about it and that's and Chris turned to me and goes, that's what we're talking about. The lens of the era. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, because no one was paying attention to that shit back then at all. Yeah. I really. mean, I'm sure there are some people were like, sure. like people like, because uh, I did, I did, I went down a rabbit hole that night. Like I went mm-hmm. home after their practice and uh, come to find out the two of the, the greatest funk basis of all times larry graham who was in uh he's briefly he was in war but he was he's mostly known for being in um uh sly and the family stone mm-hmm. so larry graham invented slap bass which is what a lot of funk he he, yeah, inve- we, he invented i think that. we're talking a lot about that when we talk about mother's finest and that kind of yes, stuff because yes, they they do a lot of sl- that was early stuff that was pretty profound stuff they were doing too back that then, stuff but. sounded like second generation or f- it sounded like first generation funk rock 10 years before funk rock was fishbone yeah. and like i bet if you went to the guys in fishbone and asked them hey have you ever heard of mother's finest and they'll be like fuck yeah are you kidding me but and just rattle yeah. off all sorts of shit same thing goes with the chili peppers yeah because it sounds so much like that um it, it, when you when you told me about mother's finest and i listened to him like there's no fucking way this shit was from 1975 because it seriously it <laughs> it's kind of crazy it sounds like that 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 record that they had, that first record, sounds like something the Chili Peppers would do ten years later. Yeah, maybe twelve years later. It sounds like that kind of stuff. It's like this total, real heavy funk rock or uh, uh, Faith No More. Do you remember those yeah. guys? Oh, yeah, yeah. Reminded me of Faith No More as well. Like this real heavy slap bass. So guys, guys in the '60s and early '70s that are bass players that are like uh, funk guys, Larry Graham. You know, was in Graham Central Station, if you ever heard of them, or, oh, yeah. um, uh, uh, again, War and uh, Sly and the Family Stone. And then Bootsy Collins, which he was with James Brown for years, but then later on joined Parliament and Funkadelic and all that. Bootsy and uh, Bootsy Collins and Larry Graham both say that, that, that their biggest influence was Paul McCartney. And I'm like, What? Yeah, see, this is the first time I've heard of this stuff, too. I didn't know this either. This is literally like four-day-old information. It kind of blew my mind a little bit. So I'm just I'm going through this and going, okay, so I really, because I wasn't alive back then, this is the problem with listening to music that came out from before you were relevant, you know? Right, So, like, I just don't know about that. I I just don't know about that stuff. I don't know how amazing Tommy was and how much it blew people's fucking minds because I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't alive back then. And again, it, now you listen to it now and go, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, but it's again, cool. it's but the con. It's all about in the, the context. You have to. Yeah. The same thing goes with uh, like the Talking Heads. Yep, the Talking Heads kind of invented a whole genre of music. They did. They were. I didn't know that. That was a group. Okay, that was one that we were also into. Also, we, we were, I did. I never have seen them, but uh, but uh, I, I had a group of smaller group of friends of mine that were all into the Heads, and we would drive around listening to the Talking Heads. Such weird fucking music, but still so good. Oh yeah, so good. So just such good music. David Byrne is such an interesting dude. Yeah, he's fucking out there. Yeah, he is. He's but a they but they all are like every, yeah. like they're all kind of weird. Well, they're all art students. They were at uh, uh, 
Rochester Institute of Design. Is that what it is? Or Technology, RIT, or RID? Rit, Rit, Ritzy, it, you're talking about? No, that, that's the, uh, the other art school. Rit, Ritzy? Not Rochester. Uh, Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Yeah, Rhode Island. Rhode Island, RSD. RISD. Yeah, RISD. RISD. Yeah. yeah, Rhode Island School of Design. That's where they're, that's but, where they But it makes sense on you because you're not going to have your average freaking, I, I, I'm trying to get the prototypical average American that's going to be, create music like the talking heads i mean they, they they're gonna be not your average you know we're pushing the limits of, of, of they're gonna stuff. be goof, they're gonna be goofballs yes they gotta be fu- a little bit fucking out there yeah like, they have to be avant-garde yeah. which they they even said i watched a mini documentary about the talking heads like probably 30 minutes long on youtube the other day that the talking heads they didn't like being lumped in with the punk crowd which they were because they were their, you know, you know their first the first show they opened up for Blondie and the Ramones. That's their first fucking show. It was makes, like 1977 or something. That makes sense. And but because well, they I were, see that. it was CBGB. Yeah. That's what that like you just kind of they they were there. They were in they were yeah. in that area, and so that that's where they played. And they played CBGB all the time. Then they became a house band at CBGB for like nine months while they were recording mm-hmm. their first album. But but they weren't punk. But they weren't yeah, they, pop either. They weren't in, like they were. They were just this weird avant-garde thing. Uh, the other thing was is they got lumped in with Patty Smith Group, which is like kind of art, the same artsy fartsy type stuff. Yeah, which, they they definitely didn't follow anybody. I mean, they were unique. Yeah, they really period, were. Totally it, unique. David Burns said, "It's you're you're. We were kind of like the weird kid that the fine arts kids took in, even though he they weren't fine arts kids." Yeah. And I was like, that makes perfect sense. I know exactly what he's talking about. Stop making sense, Joe. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I stop making sense. That's, aren't you funny? <laughs> you better watch it with that fucking mouth. You might find yourself in a shotgun shack. <laughs> Yikes. Anyway. You may find yourself in a really big suit. <laughs> <laughs> that giant suit is... <laughs> It's still funny to me. What uh, what li- what's the name of that live the live uh, movie that he where, where David Byrne wears the giant suit? Oh shit! I wish Mike Hinman were here. Damn he it. Fucking he would be like you monkeys. You should know that. But, it's but the, that. the production of their stuff. He's a fucking he's a he's a perfectionist he too. He's a perfectionist. If you listen to their shit. I mean, really listen to it. He taught himself how to, how to record as a recording engineer. Oh, yeah. He taught himself to be a recording engineer. A crazy perfectionist. Yeah, he said uh, I. He he wanted to be uh, oh god uh, 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 Alan Parsons. He oh, said, there I wanted, you go. I wanted to yeah. be Alan Parsons, but not on an Alan Parsons budget, <laughs> <laughs> which makes perfect sense. Which Alan the production Parsons. of his stuff is amazing too. Uh, so, you know. The uh, what was the big one that he the first big one he did I think was Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, that he was known for. Yep. But his the Alan Parsons project, like his his stuff, it sounds. It sounds like it was recorded digitally. It's so it clean and so disgustingly good. Yeah, the recording quality. But anyway, but yeah, David Byrne well, you know, it makes sense. I yeah. anyway, yeah, the Talking Heads. But he he, he David Byrne was said in this document. Excuse me, the documentary that he was really happy. At the time, he didn't like being lumped in with the punk rockers. But it was really nice to have some sort of a label to to put on there so that you. They could book a tour. I wonder what he 
if he wanted anything or was he one of these people like, you know, we're totally unique. We shouldn't be lumped into any category. I wonder if that's what he was that's, that's saying, basically. kind of what he was. He's like, we didn't want to be lumped into a category, but if we're going to get lumped into a category, I'm okay with being lumped in with a punk rock movement. Mm-hmm. That's that's essentially what he said, which is cool. I, I dig that. I, I think, I think he paints, too, I think. He does paint. Yeah. Uh, he designed most of their uh, the the Talking Heads covers, I think. Okay. I think. Speaking of, you ever listen to the Tom Tom Club? Wait, there which was... Is, speaking of that, we talked about this as well in another episode. It was an artist that 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 did other album artwork like a musician that did or this is vaguely familiar ah, i forgot there's someone that we all know that did not we all know there's someone that we know that's a that's a musician i think i think they're a musician they did album covers and i'm i don't this is going nowhere but it's in my head and it, it there is a little flickering flame of familiarity you like that alliteration yeah flickering flame of familiarity in the back of my cranium about what you're trying to say. Yeah, and I'm not going to keep going with it. It's going, it's going yeah, nowhere. Yeah, because we'll never figure it, it out. But, it, but, it, but it, is, it is there. I know it's there, and it, I, I have no idea who this is. If it hits you, yeah. shout out the name. I'll just I'll just Tourette's it out. Yes. Okay. Uh, also, I want you to know, I was able to get uh, draw some people in. Be, oh, so because of this, uh, because of this weird... Uh, early like late 60s early 70s rock obsession i've been having lately because i also bought the woodstock soundtrack that's like the three disc oh you know three three albums of woodstock which is you know phenomenal yeah i've been listening to the shit out of that lately too which just makes me go down even more of a rabbit hole and i ordered a richie havens i watched the woodstock uh thing again a couple days ago ago. oh oh, you watched on on netflix the uh, documentary that's worth seeing it's so good it's yeah. it's really good, and it's it's an it's unfortunate that Woodstock uh, 90, uh, 99 was such a shit show. That thirtieth anniversary, it, you know, it just it sucked. It, it's impossible if you look at the effort that it happened in, in the in the the luck and bad luck and how it all came together yeah. and all these fucked up circumstances and it almost didn't happen and they were going bankrupt and they all the you can't duplicate that moment. Yeah, and everybody, oh, it's Woodstock and it's going to be the hippie thing. You know. It's still, you know what I mean? You just, you can't. Yeah. There was a moment in space and time and Where all that converged. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of done. What's funny is, you know, uh, Portia loved hearing the announcements and shit that's on the soundtrack. Yeah. To the Woods, to Woodstock. When they get all the public, the P at the the public. (laughs) Sally Rothschild, your small son, Timothy, was found. He's here in the stage. He's hanging out with us. He's just playing with bubbles. We've fed him some chocolate. (laughs) We'll be giving him some caffeine and then handing him back to you. Please come to the stage. You have a free backstage pass. His name is Timothy. Yeah, they had a certain uh, feel for sure when the whole thing was going so on. So fucking funny. little speech from Max Yasker, like that owned the, yep. owned the place. You know, just like just all that stuff was. I love that they kept that on that soundtrack. Now, uh, Carrie, I, the, you know, uh, the brewer at Blackbridge. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was talking to Carrie about this yesterday. He said that there's a big one out there that has like 12 it's twelve records. He had it, but he at a Woodstock. Some point, at Woodstock, twelve. It's every single performance. It's wow. all of the performances. Yeah. Um, Have that, you tried to find that one? Oh, I looked it up. It's over four hundred dollars. It it's does four, exist. Four hundred dollars for twelve albums that it's all recorded from the mixer. Like it's you know what I mean. Like it's mm-hmm. not it's not from the microphone. It's from the actual mixing board. Which so that's cool. Hmm. It it would be something I if I had extra cash laying around that I would buy just to have it because I think that would be really cool. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, that, that actually the Woodstock thing is kind of what kicked it off when I bought that about a, um, three weeks ago or whatever. 
But, it, you know, in effort to try and enlighten myself a little bit more, I've been listening to a lot, just a lot more older music. Again, with this thing, like, you know, it was only like three nights ago that I'm, th- I was like, it just smacked me in the head of I need to think about this in the context of the time. Well, it's like, um, it's like anything. It's like music, you look back at it and you go, God, this is really, really good. But as human beings, we always want the bigger, better, the something, something's new. Oh, that's not new anymore. And these are the new artists. And God, they sound great. And they might be very, very good. And so then you forget about that. See, and but I they're don't. fantastic. But I'm not saying you. Yeah, no, you th- know. this is a problem that I have, though. Like, it's actually yeah. a problem. It's like... Uh, uh, I have a lot of friends that are, you know, around my age, like late 30s, you know, mid, it's like to, certain mid to late clothes 30s. still, like the classic Levi's, Ray-Ban sunglasses. I mean, there's a few things certain out things there. Certain things that just Porsche 911 from the 60s. Will always 70, look good. Whatever. It doesn't yes. matter what you do to it. There are other things that happen. Some things but are timeless. You can go back and go, that's still... <laughs> so I have friends that are around my age that are like, hey, man, why are you fucking... You're, you're such a fucking hipster asshole. You got to listen to the next new thing. What's wrong with this? I'm like, I still listen to that stuff. Mm-hmm. I still listen to, like, I, f- I forget about things, and then I go, oh, shit, I forgot how good, like, like uh, I was at that tap room down in uh, Phoenix. I was sitting there waiting mm-hmm. for Sharon to show up, right? And I was like, Sharon. Uh, Sharon. I was waiting for this tap at this tap room, and this bartender, which she did not look close to my age. I thought she was, like, in her mid-20s, and she's definitely in her late 30s. Uh, she was playing all this weird, not weird, but this old R and B from the mid, early and mid nineties, and I was Sounds like, good like a lot of boys. Yeah, it was like a lot of boys to men and yep. shy and God, who else? On all for one and all these, just all these, <laughs> all these groups that I remember. Uh, and I, when she came over to take my beer order of, I don't know, like my second or third beer, and I was like, hey, what's up with the music in here? I haven't heard this shit since like seventh or eighth grade dance. Uh, and she she started laughing. She goes, I do like a throwback every, like every Wednesday, and this week is going to be 90s R&B that I grew up on. She's like, how old are you? I said, I'm 38. And, how old are you? And she's like, I'm also 38. So like we graduated high school the oh, same year. That's cool. I was like, wow, good for you with the sunscreen. And she's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> so she played all this stuff. So I started, I created a playlist on Spotify of each song that played and played it for Porsche. And Porsche's like, this is dirty. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I know. There's a song uh, by uh, uh, Silk, S-I-L-K, okay. right? It's like a four-piece guy, like guys singing, right? Guys group called Freak Me. I don't Literally get it. Literally the, fr- right? <laughs> Literally this, the chorus. I was in sixth grade, and I didn't know what this meant. I had an idea, but I didn't know exactly what this meant because I didn't have any sort of carnal knowledge of a lady at this point. Uh, and... It, the chorus is literally "Let me lick you up and down until you say stop." Uh, and something that's a chorus. That's the chorus. That's the yeah. That's the chorus. Check this out. Yeah, okay. it's dirty. All right. Um, let me play with your body, baby, until you say stop. These are things that were on pop fucking radio. Yeah. So I'm playing Portia these songs, and she's like, "These are really, really filthy." I'm like, yeah. Can you imagine right now? Boys to Men, one of their biggest hits they ever had. I don't know if you remember listening to Boys to Men. Well, I never really listened to them actively, but yes, I do know them. So, so good. Those guys got together at a performing arts high school in Philadelphia, right? And they did acapella stuff. So when you start adding instrumentation, it was just natural. Those guys already were killing it. Mm -hmm. And they'd been best friends since like junior high. So... I told Porsche, I'm like, listen to this song, and, and it's it one of their biggest hits is I'll Make Love to You. 
that was a huge hit for like 18 weeks in the top 10, Billboard top 10. Broke all these records. And it's about fucking people. Uh, fucking, like, uh, holy well, shit. Well, just people. Fucking somebody, you know, specifically. <laughs> just and randomly out there. On air, like yeah. on Top 40 radio. Yes, I'm is. not I'm not trying to be conservative about it. I'm just like, like you have to understand, again, the context of yes. it. And Porsche's like, yeah, that is really dirty. I'm like, it gets dirtier. I remember when my grandparents, excuse Uh-oh. me, let me back up. When I fought, let me, that's not quite right. My my father would tell me that my grandparents freaked out at him when he bought the 78 of uh, of I uh, found my thrill on Blueberry Hill. <laughs> um, what's the Fat Domino? Fat Domino. Yeah, uh, that was that was thrill. that was it. That was that was taboo. That is you cannot listen to this anymore. It's still a filthy Bob. song. Think about that because that song is not that much more filthy than Freak Me by Silk. Right. that came out in nineteen ninety three. Not quite saying that, but they're suggesting. Yeah, it. you know, yeah. it's it's just as suggestive for the time. Looking at it in the lens, holy yeah. shit! Oh my god. Yeah, what year did that come out? Good. Fucking nineteen fifty-five, maybe something like that. Had to be earlier than that. Do you think so? Let's check that out, Joe. That's check. early. I, I mean, it's. Uh, and let's read a couple more lines of the song when you find it too. That'd be oh, cool. I will. Be kind of fun. But you know, like when Mozart, you know, all these. Of course, there was opera too. That was it was probably pretty dirty back in the, you know. 17, 1600s also. 1956. 56, okay, yeah. you're right. You're right. Year off only. Um, can you, did you find I'm going to find the lyrics. Yeah, okay. give me one second. Yeah. I wonder how dirty it is. I found my thrill on Blueberry Hill when I found you. And the moon stood still on Blueberry Hill and it lingered until my dream came true. That's it's not, talking about shooting not a load. that bad. The wind in the willow played love sweet melody, but all of those vows you made were never to be. Though we're, uh, though we're apart, you're part of me still, for you were my thrill on Blueberry Hill. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that shocking. It's not. The point is. It's funny that it's not as it's not as risque as we thought, but it's pretty fucking risque for 1956. I'll bet they didn't really, uh, didn't really, um, there were probably complaints at radio stations. I, I'm sure people called up, parents called up. I'm sure like that. that that wasn't widely played on most radio stations. All right. Well, I mean, no, because your dad was that in uh, Santa Monica? Yes. Yeah. We're talking a lot more liberal, a lot more integrated and all that stuff. I'd be willing to bet that you couldn't find that that song on the radio in the Bible Belt. That's probably true. Unless it was a specific, quote unquote, colored station. You know what I mean? Right. That that I could I could see that. But imagine that being, again, we're talking about when when did uh, when did uh, Folsom Prison Blues come out? Uh, also in the mid fifties. No, I think that was uh, nineteen sixty. Really? Yeah, I, th- I want to say it was uh, a little. I think it's in the fifties. Uh, 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 oh, it was released nineteen fifty five. There you go. The same yeah, year sorry, about this, yeah about the that same, Blueberry yeah. Hill, but again, but going much back darker. To the, yes. So that, it's that was, like it's almost like dark is okay. Yes. Or more but okay. sex, we can't have that. But sex, yeah, it's like it's same like, same. It's it's yeah. the same thing as on TV on can't the news. We can, we can show blood and guts and people getting murdered and blown up and all this violence, but you show a titty, and people freak the fuck out. And just people lose their mind. Yes, it's stupid. Right. It, it's dumb. It, 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 but when they had what year was the Super Bowl? They had the Michael, uh, not the Michael, the Janet Jackson yeah. boob event. 
<laughs> yes, I don't remember. 2003, maybe. And my like German did this is during a, a, a national soaring uh, convention in Atlanta. And we were there for this event, and there were a lot of people from Europe or around the world there. And so we were going to meet the people that manufacture these glider traders. They're friends of ours down in the lobby and have breakfast yeah. or something. So, um, so here they come, and they go, what is they were honestly asking the questions about what is What's going on with this. Yeah. Is there something else going on with, what are you talking about, with this breast of Janet Jackson, this slip that keeps showing it's all pixelated. What, what is the deal? And we went, I don't know what to tell you, Alfred. He goes, this is, he goes, it's a boob. I said, yeah, it's, and it's also nationally. He goes, it's on CNN all over the place. He was going on and on about it. He goes, we are looking for some actual news. We're trying to find. Yeah. Before we start our day, we were trying to find some news. It was really stupid. And that's all we can find is about her tit. One. <laughs> Not even both of them. Yes. And it wasn't even that good looking of one. I was actually kind of disappointed. Not to review it again. I don't know. Yeah, you should. Eh. Yeah, but I don't care. But anyway, that was just a, that's our problem we have here. Again, they went back to the. Can't can do about violence is okay, but not boobs. Yeah, it's dumb. Or butts. Butts. But it's a lot more prevalent now than it was. I just, uh, I, I've never understood that. I've never understood that, but I, but I, well, it's not that I don't understand it. I remember in Germany I, in the 80s seeing a shampoo commercial on television. With titty. And the woman was bare-breasted. Yeah. Which yeah. is apparently how you take showers. It's not that, well, yeah, crazy <laughs> how nobody takes showers fully clothed. And she had shampoo running down her face and over her boobs, which was... Okay. Did and you buy that okay. shampoo? I was okay that? with that. Yes, you did. <laughs> it was fine. So, did you touch yourself with that shampoo? I don't yes, know. you did. I'm it's fine. Sure it's kind I'm of okay. I'm sure I ran right out. I ran. And oh, there's literally that. a map of I ran on the TV right now. The you said I ran right out. He's gonna that. walk all over it. Oh, he's got that. Oh, look oh, at God, that. Here we go some again. some some old white American guy walking all over the Middle East, just acting like it's his. I'm sorry. Hey, let's take a break. Fine. We'll be back.
All right, folks, so we're back. Uh, something I need to talk about, and it's really stressing me out, and I'm really worried about the universe. Uh, Paul's going to be sober for January. Yep. In fact, he's not even drinking coffee. I'm drinking green tea. And here's the freaky out part. I had some half and half in there right Which now. Which is gross. Yeah. No, it's like green tea it's okay. with that, no, green tea with half and half is just wrong. It's wrong. Sad. I, I drink it without it. Sad. Hashtag sad. Hashtag sad. No, but so the thing is, uh, I've got to get my, uh, I got to get my um, medical. Well, yeah. What would the uh, flying? The, I was thinking about something funny the other day. It was like the title of my book. Like the if I ever write a book about just write like a book, being able to fly fly gliders or something like that. Because I really love to do. I, I'd really love to get into a sailplane. But I was like too fat to fly the Joe Feller story. <laughs> but like you're you need you're out of medical, meaning you you don't have a medical clearance currently. Every, every two years you have to, and it and it was gone. Like it's been over a month, and I just have been busy doing other stuff and just haven't thought about it. And and I want to. I think I told you this before. I want to not weigh any more, and ideally a little bit less than I did on my last two year medical thing. Right. And um and so I've got some some pounds to lose for that. And so you, I'll, you I'll, missed a solid chunk of information that our audience needs. Oh, every two years you have to go through a physical. Yes, with a certified doctor. It's an AME. They called Aviation Medical Examiner. Right, and to sign off on you being fit to fly. But it's not like people are gonna go. Wow, it must be really. No, it's not. It's that. really not. It's not like in the right stuff where they're slinging around in a. <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in, a, uh, in the fucking uh, what uh, the hell is sir, that thing? Uh, the, uh, uh, holy crap! What is that? <laughs> uh, centrifuge. Centrifuge. Yeah, centrifuge. You. You're not. You don't have to do that. No, it's, and it, they're not like. Don't, don't compare up your you butts. to a. You don't compare you to a chimpanzee if you can fling the switches faster than the chimpanzee. Nothing up your butt. They don't, I don't, they don't think. shove things up. Well, they. I mean, they do. They're but not that's, supposed to. Yeah, that's a, that's your doctor. That's oh, fine. That's cool, man. That, like better like, make it three knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> to the hilt, sir. To the hilt, sir. Really, what it is is they they check your they check your eyeballs pretty pretty well. They want to make sure you can see. Yeah, that's important. If, and if blood pressure, flying. blood pressure is important. Uh, blood sugar, I assume, to yeah, make sure you're not they, diabetic. And you pee, and they weigh you, and they go, "Oh yeah, how's it going?" And they just kind of talk. They, they just kind of talk to you, make sure you're not weird. <laughs> you're like, uh, so so. What do you like to do in your spare time? Oh, I like to pretend to fly into buildings. Oh, okay, probably not going to fucking check this and, guy off. And, and they are they are kind of tasked with that too. They're 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 supposed to be kind of a a mild gatekeeper. It's yeah, not, of course. They're not responsible if somebody decides to. But it go to you know. Doctors are on on the whole very observant right. humans, right? By nature, that it makes sense that they would go. This fucking guy is a little bit unhinged, and like right. he has a classic signs of this. They listen. Off. They listen to your heart. Yes, they may tap your knee. Really? Yeah, that's old school shit. Yeah, that's kind of weird to test your reflexes. Sometimes your knee. That. I've it, na- I've never had that happen. I've seen that in thousands of references and cartoons what, and whatnot. What, what they like, also do, and I figured this out too. They also depends on who it is. They'll they'll start asking a question, and then they'll slowly turn away from you to go over to their desk like they're doing something. Why they're still asking the remaining of the question? Yeah, to see if you can hear them. Oh, they're checking your. That's hearing. some fucking sneaky, shady yeah, shit. That's you what fucking they... doctors. <laughs> it's just an airplane. It's in the sky. 
Who right. fucking cares? So anyway, and they just talk I, to you. Yeah, hey, how you? I meet. You know, I want you to fly last year. Blah blah. So you basically go to a nurse first. She weighs you, and you pee, yeah. and you do this stuff, and she checks your eyes, blood pressure, and then you go into the doctor, and then you go, "Hey, how's it going?" And they come. It doesn't take very long. Anyway, but, it's every. But your two thing years. is, you could probably pass it right now. I'd be willing to bet that you could pass it right now, probably because. But yes, but the, it's kind two of years a, ago. You were far more stressed out, and you're doing this. You're doing. You're doing tricks. Not turning tricks. Tricks. I was no, you were tricks. using. Now you were fucking using some fucking tricks to to get your blood pressure oh, down. Oh, I'm still be doing that too, probably. Like you, fuck it. Yeah, but here's the thing: if you, you're in a lot better shape than you were back then, and I mean that mentally. Oh, mentally. And, yeah, 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 because you were going through the airport authority fight and all that horse shit, and you're all fucking. The first three hours of us coming out here and hanging out was me listening to you vent. It's true. And and, and just to just to get it out of your system. True. So you don't have that anymore. So I have a I'm. Just be prepared. If you do the beetroot, the beetroot juice yeah. or hibiscus or both and all that stuff and yeah. get your blood pressure down, there's a solid chance that you take that stuff and you go in there and they're like, your blood pressure is too low to be flying because so we'll you are on the verge of passing but it. But I will do just for old old time's sake because I will find my blood pressure machine and while we're recording the podcast, I'll check it a couple times. That's a, that's a good idea. We'll go back to that. It's, it remember has remember I would run and it would it, I would... I would check it and then I would run and check it again and go look at it. It's fucking and it's down like forty points. Yeah, it's Jesus. which is which makes sense. Yeah, and then the beet juice, uh, beet root juice. Yeah, which was one of the big cheater things you can do. And I said, I'm just going to do that. I'm not going to do nothing else. Take my blood pressure and then ask for that. And yeah. thirty minutes later, it's like crazy. Yeah, it's a crazy, crazy, crazy cheater thing. So, but my my main personal thing is I want to you know they have your weight on your thing, and I I don't want to gain any. So I I, I even dropped five pounds. Two years ago, from the pre prior two years. Okay. So I thought, okay, I want to at least stay get down there again, it, which also means too, because we talked about you and I talked about going to the Grand Canyon and hiking, uh, perhaps in the spring, maybe this spring. I still think you're fucking crazy, but I'm working toward it. Wait, no, you you, you said you wanted to do it. I do. I did want to do it. I do. I do. It is something that I want to do. I just don't know if it's going to be feasible in the spring. Okay, that's fine, but. I don't know if this is going to be feasible for me in the spring. If it's not feasible in the spring. I have a lot farther to go than you do. I know. If it's not feasible in the spring, we can still keep working on it. Of course, maybe, yeah. Maybe do it in the fall or something. No, if anything, we'll just hit up and go to Supai. Uh, we'll just hit up. That's not that much easier. No, I'd venture guess to say that it's harder. What do you mean we'll just go to Supai? What do you mean? Hike to Supai. Supai? You've lost me. Like, like you don't want to. You may want not may not be ready for the canyon, but you're ready for Supai. No, in the fall, oh. in the fall, instead of doing the canyon in the fall, which is sometimes iffy because they get they've gotten snow there in September. Oh, I'm not too worried about that. I know you're not too worried about that. Anyway. We, we won't go there if it's snowing. I mean, I'm kind of I kind of like the idea of starting at the at the rim, like the the, the South Rim. Right. Like, all right, we're going to start this hike, and then it's, uh, you know, 35 degrees and snowing, and then you get down to the bottom, and it's 75 degrees. But you were talking about um, also, because we, we can rent, which I haven't done before, we can rent a um, some kind of a cabin down there or something and spend the night. I mean, it's not like a, it's not going to have, yeah, it's a cabin, it's a stone cabin, but it's not like a... Like it doesn't. It's not like a honeymoon suite. Like it doesn't have a heart shaped hot tub. That's in it not what right. I mean. I'm not getting at it. It's going to be a romantic hike. and want to go down there and massage each other's feet. <laughs> oh, I'm expecting you. <laughs> You're roping hike. me into this fucking shit. No, Mr. I'm Dance. not. You've wanted to do this though. This is something I've wanted to do since I was a little kid. So also. You're so hell bent on like in the beginning, you're like I want to hike in and out one day. Da, da, da. I'm like, which yeah, I've done. I know you've done that, and I don't want to do that. I know it's kind of crazy. You, it, it it's not that it's kind of crazy. First off, it's not recommended. 
by the National Park Service. I do a lot of things that aren't recommended. Yeah, though. I understand that, and right. I don't like that either. Right. But anyway, uh, no, it's not recommended. But that aside, like, I've done shit in National Parks that's not recommended. I have a chunk of fucking petrified wood from the Petrified Forest when I was, like, eight years old. All right, so not stealing cool. is not the same. Stealing is not the same. Uh, no, the it's not recommended by National Park Service. So that right there is kind of throws up a That's red fine. flag. I'm willing to to go down there and spend the night. The other thing is, is that you have done this before. I've never done it. And when you hike in and out 20-something miles in a day, 18 miles in a day, you don't get a chance to really take in the scenery because you're hoofing it. You have fucking to try and make it by sundown or um, just after sundown. Yeah, it's, it's And I don't want to do that. Right. I, okay, so for me, when I did it, it was, it was almost... So it's a weird thing. It's a weird psychological. It's like a challenge no. almost. Okay, I understand that. Remember, so. my, my one of my favorite books of all time, uh, or you know, favorite biographies of all time is uh, is a world famous mountain climber. Yeah. Right. So we talked about him a while back. Right. Yep. yep. So he summited Mount Everest the first the first like two or three times he summited with Sherpas, mm-hmm. and he uh, you know did it with oxygen the same way that everybody else has done it you know the first i think it's two or three times and and to realize okay i can do this so then the next time he did it solo with oxygen then the next time after that he did it solo without any oxygen he's still one of only like four or five people to ever go to to the summit of mount everest and come all the way back to base camp with no oxygen Mm mm-hmm the reason he did those first few is that he wanted to say that he did it and wanted to actually pay attention to the surroundings and all that stuff. Right. Uh, and 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 do that. So, like, I, that's why I would not want to go in and out. So, we'd stay at the bottom. No, and I don't mind doing that. Uh, ranch, or even camp. Like, the shitty thing about camping is you have to carry your shit with you or right. you have to pay a mule to take it down, which is, I'd, I'd be okay with paying a mule to And you're saying that, that that's what you want to do also, which is fine by me. I've never done that before. I, I would not mind not being laden like I've been before to do this. Yeah. So so that's okay. I've hiked the canyon, I can't remember, it's either five or six times I have to go through it, including yeah. clean the north rim and all that kind of stuff. So I've I've kind of done it enough, shall we say, but it's been a handful of years and I kind of got the itch again. That's why I want to do it again. Yeah. You know, but in order to do that for me as well is I need to go and do all this stuff, I need to hike here up the Walpies several times. Like I said, the way I used to prep for it when I was – close to the right weight for me that I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, I would hike within like the prior couple of weeks, I would hike about four times up, up and down there uh, just, just to get my hiking legs yeah. ready. And your then, hiking legs. Right. And then, uh, <laughs> You're such and a then Southern boy. I got my yeah. hiking legs ready. Right. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, you, you sound a little bit, a little bit uh, trepidatious now. Maybe if not, you, you still to wanna... a certain degree. No, I'm still gung ho about it. Like okay. I, it's definitely something I want to do. There, the other thing I want to do by the end of this year is uh, I, I'd really like to summit Mount Humphrey, which is not a difficult hike, except for like the last like m- like like the like not even the last quarter mile. So I've never gone there in the summertime. I've always done the skiing. Yeah, stuff. Uh, gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, you can hike. It's about a Six mile hike, I think. Okay, from the inner basin up to Mount Humphrey, or you can t- in the summertime you can take uh, the ski lift. The ski lift to about eleven thousand feet, and then from there it's like a, about a two mile hike, mm-hmm. two and a half mile hike. But the problem is, is you're at altitude, and it fucks you up. It oh yeah, re- I mean it really does. In a perfect world, I would go to Flagstaff 
I would do a bunch of hiking in the Wallapies, you know, almost every day leading up to it. And then mm-hmm. I would go to Flagstaff and stay a couple nights and be at like 8,000 feet, 7,500 feet, mm-hmm. and then go up to the trailhead that's at 9,000 feet and then hike up and summit. Because mm-hmm. it's the highest point in uh, in Arizona. It's 12,633 yeah. feet. Yep. Like it's a, and, and I've been up close to the summit, like at just at the top of the ski lift, and you can see the Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah. It's like 70 miles away. No, I like know. You can I see was, so much. Yeah, th- th- there's a certain lift up there that, yeah, and I've, I've done that before, and I didn't really. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing that, and then I remember taking one certain lift. Yeah. And then just kind of hanging out there and getting ready before I went down, looking around, going, holy shit. You can, you can see the, which I assume is the only place you can see the Grand Canyon from a skiing position. I, like I wonder if somewhere in Utah, like in southern Utah, if you can ski and see the canyon from. Somewhere. I don't think so because the uh, the higher, uh, like the ski type mountains are on further north. Further north, yeah. There's yeah. really like so, Bryant so, Bryant Head in right. uh, in was it Cedar City? I think or outside of Cedar. So City. So that's a very unique yeah. thing. If that's the case, if you can go up there and ski, I mean that's kind of a unique statement. If you can, this is the only place you can ski. I'm fairly and certain see the Grand yeah. Canyon. I think that's the only place you can. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It is. It's it's and it's just it's otherworldly. I I mean, I've been up to high elevation. I'm trying to think if I've been any high. Oh, I did the uh, was it Road to the Sun? Have you ever been up there? It's in Montana. Nope. Uh, I want to say that tops out at like 15th or oh, no, it's not 15. It must top out around 13 or 14,000 and you can drive up there, mm. but also like the best is Pikes Peak yeah. because you can drive all the way. You can drive to within a half a mile of the summit of Pikes Peak. What is the There's elevation? A, uh, top of Pikes Peak is right at 14,000 feet. I think Okay, if I remember correctly, uh, it's been a while. I went, I've been up there twice. The first time I went up there was uh, 2005, maybe, 2004, something. Yeah, it was 2005. I flew uh, to Colorado Springs with Bo. He turned 21. We went up there to party with some friends of ours and then went up to the top of uh, you know Pikes Peak. But the last, like, 15 miles or so, because it's about 30 miles or so from the, from the base, you know, the road, you mm-hmm. know, at the base to the summit but the last probably half was uh was ro- was a uh, dirt road nowadays it's paved all the way to the top it, they yeah. have paved it and all the way to the top that many years ago they finally finished no the it, it was like when kelly and I, my the ex-girlfriend you know we went to we were in uh denver and i said hey i'd really like to go up to colorado springs go to the garden of the gods and do this and like all these different places and then we decided to say fuck it and we had time so we drove up to pike's peak and it was weird driving all the way to the top and seeing it you know, just paved because she grew up in Denver, but in, used to go to Colorado Springs all the time. And back then, it was dirt all the way, like from the bottom. That's why the Pikes mm-hmm. Peak Hill climb yeah. is, is such an iconic thing. And now it's kind of there's people that are mixed, you know, about it because now motorcycles can do it with mm-hmm. some level of safety. Mm-hmm. You know, do the hill climb and all that. But um, yeah, they're yeah. yeah. It's anyway, it's, it's fucking cool because there's a coffee shop up there. You can get like a coffee and and like a croissant, nice, and then walk to the summit and just walk a hundred yards and be completely out of breath, yeah, flat. It's not even because it's just like in a saddle. I got like you. Not, you know what I mean. Like it's not even an actual peak, but anyway, it's uh yeah. I was gonna look up the elevation, elevation, yeah, because I know it's I know it's fourteen thousand and some change, fourteen thousand hundred one hundred and fifteen feet. Okay, yeah, I knew I knew it was, it was up there, but uh, yeah, anyway. 
but I, I do want to do the Canyon. I'm not mm. backing out of that. Like, I'm just, I'm just, I feel like the late, like mid to late spring is a little bit too. It lo- might be, it might too, be too lofty of a goal for me. Well, we can at least, uh, hike in the wild buys. Oh yeah, of course. You know, and, uh, and just keep track cause you're, 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 uh, working on your health stuff and yeah. I'm going to, like I said, so the, yeah, this entire month I said, and I, I don't drink as much as I used to. As you know, I'm not drinking much beer and that kind of stuff anyway. But we drink here, and, and I go downtown a few times a month and have some beers. And yeah. Maybe even run into sporties and have some wine. You know, that does happen. Run into, I love how you said run into sporties and have some wine. No, no, no. Those no. are two different establishments, sir. It's not what I meant to say. <laughs> I meant to run into sporties. If you order wine at sporties, I'm going to fucking die laughing. I meant to have uh, talk the about wine the wine bar in there somewhere, right? The wine bar, yeah. yes, and talk about that, but. <laughs> But anyway, I thought, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to have yeah. no alcohol on in January. And I thought I'm going to be drinking more green tea, watching some calories, lowering carbs, you know, that kind of thing this entire month so I can go get my physical in right. in February. And uh, and one of the projects possibly we want to do here is not a project, but mentioning to you is to have a, a handful of glider guys bring their stuff here in a tow plane and, and fly sailplanes out of here this spring. For a little bit. Which I, I need to know as soon as you have a date for that because I want to make sure I have the time off, have it covered. I want to come out here and just watch. Right. No, because nice. it just sounds like a lot of fucking fun. Yeah. Non powered flight. I can be like, oh, yeah, I'm from uh, I'm from near Dayton. Like I got the you know, Wright brothers. You know, they invented this shit. They didn't invent <laughs> that shit. Uh, but yeah, just uh, hang around. Bunch of smart ass motherfuckers like that. So I'm gonna stay on track with that. I'm gonna make sure I can I get I get my one of my sailplanes ready, and then still communicate with these people and kind of arrange figure out what weekend it's gonna be. Yeah, late April, early May, something like that. We we hope. Uh, there's no reason why it's it's not that hard to do. These gliders break down. They go into trailers easily. They're meant yeah. to assemble, disassemble. And the tow plane, they just you know they just fly here, you know from wherever yeah. they are. And as long as I got a car to hang around with, and, you know, I get my I get my Jeep worked on now. So that's a second vehicle that I can that I can uh, uh, talk about now. Yeah, Paul's um, getting his Jeep worked on, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so I find you know it's been it's been inactive for for way too long, and so so now I can have so if someone comes in like in a tow plane, they can hey, there's my Jeep. You can use it. You know, so they can have another vehicle they can they can drive around. So it could be fun. It could be fun. Maybe ten sailplanes, ten, fifteen, twenty. Something like that. I think it's a great idea. High performance stuff, and this would be the first time that that has happened here, probably ever. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, ever at this airport. So yeah, the soaring is very good here. It's um, it would be a neat new activity for the area if you would be, but okay with it, like inviting out some a uh, handful of people, some kids. Well, we have to, to figure because well, I first told Tim Gerlach about it. He goes, well, how can we leverage this into into if we sell food or something or do something to raise money for the museum because of this museum project that we're talking about, but he, that's the first thought he had. I said, yeah. I, I don't know, Tim. Well, do you want to invite the public out or not? I don't know. You know, I, I want to make it happen first, glider pilots and tow planes and see how Yeah, it let's not shoot the whole wad first. Let's, yeah. uh, let's fucking try and figure it out. Right. Now, back to your sober January thing. Yeah. We all know that Rogan does the sober October with his buddies. Yeah, but those guys are hard. Like, all those guys are, like, hard partiers, hard weed smokers. Da, 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 Did you see stuff. one of Joe's recent tweets, though? He was he, he admitted, I mean, he, he's embarrassed how how they didn't lose as much weight, or he didn't either. And there's some pictures that are floating around of Joe Rogan on the scales, and he looks weird. Like, his body doesn't look 
that lean and so you have to it see doesn't it. no i know exactly what you mean you have to see these I, I know the pictures that you're talking about yeah and then i, saw, and I watched their sober october recap too right and i saw a tweet they they he had recently and he said we're going to uh start doing all carnivore like this month i don't know if he said january february but they're going to do an all and they're going to track their weight and they're going to really get serious more because it was kind of a fun thing the sober october thing it's just kind of a goof did you watch it on youtube by any i didn't watch it no i listened to it so they showed they found burt kreischer you know uh who's a big dude, you know? Uh-huh. Burt Kreischer, 10, 12 years ago, they showed a picture of him. He was like, that was me at 186. He's 6'2". 186 is 6'2". 186, he was fucking jacked. Yeah. Like, he just he was just lean and fucking... And he's like, yeah, that's when my wife met me. And they're like, god damn, she really... Like, like, no wonder did, she... What, did you just start eating pasta immediately after she met you? And... <laughs> and but what's his name? Ari Shafir is such a dick. He's he's like, he's like, you know, we've all hung out before. We've had dinners before. He goes, yeah, I know you've had dinners three or four to every one of ours. Like he's just <laughs> fucking being a prick. He's like, yeah, well, you know what? We can lose weight. But you always be fucking Jewish. And I'm like, <laughs> I fucking said that to Cardo before. And I was like, yeah, well, I might be fat now, but you'll always be a dirty ass Mexican. And his fucking mom, who's Mexican, <laughs> thought that was the funniest shit in the world. Like, Ari Shafir stealing my shit. I just got a text message from Lisa Roosh, who's in Mexico right now. Mexico. Mexico. What did she say? Oh, she said, do you think these are squab wings? Squab wings. Squab wings. They're they, so they goddamn tidy. No, and you know, Lisa has little tiny hands. Yes. She's got chicken chicken wings at some place, and, and it, they do look small. They are kind of small. And Lisa has really... Yeah. <laughs> I, I doubt if they're a squab. So especially if she has small hands, they're those are small. Yeah. Uh, maybe street squab. So would you ever do a? Uh, would you ever consider consider Joe? Yeah. Ever doing a sober month? Of course. Like I've done no, it before. No, no booze. No. No. Okay. Yeah. Nothing. Okay. You, I've done, done it before. before. I okay. actually. I feel like I talked about this recently too, maybe on an episode. I can't remember if it was uh, privately or, or on the podcast. No, uh, 2003, I started working at the, uh, the ho- uh, at the, no, not the hospital, no. Uh, 2003, I started working at Frontier. It was the first desk job that I ever really had. It was like, it used to be just kind of grinding things out and going home and bloody knuckles and beat to hell and mm-hmm. whatnot. So I started working at Frontier and I started making actually really good money. You know, back then, uh, minimum wage was, you know, five fifteen an hour. Mm-hmm. Most of the jobs around here were minimum wage and I was making a little over 13 an hour plus uh, commission. Pretty make, good. And I make anywhere yeah. from 1000 to, you know, $5,000 a day. No, not that. No, <laughs> not <laughs> not casting couch wages. But you make like 1000 maybe. Fi- I think the best month I ever had was like $2,500 commission in a month. It was my take home plus my hourly. Not bad. Which was great. It was great fucking money for 15, 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, I started making all this money. And I was uh, had been unemployed here. I had, had like a couple jobs. And I was unemployed for a little bit. So I started making all this money. And I was able to like, you know, furnish my house properly. Rather than sitting on fucking milk crates and shit. Mm-hmm. So I started making all this money. And then that was when David Shade and I lived together. And we started partying a lot. Because we both worked at Frontier. Same shift. So we would party a lot. Three, four days a week. Uh, and it just got to a point where it was just just getting way too hammered. Way too many days out of the week. So I just said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm, I, I got to stop doing this. So I stopped. I actually stopped for two months. Okay. For, it was... Uh, uh, 
October and November of uh, 2003 because I started working in like August, you know, mm-hmm. working there like July, August. And um, I immediately dropped weight, which, you know, I think I probably lost 20 pounds without doing anything you know, other than any quitting other drinking. Yeah. Wow. And then uh, sleep was really weird because that's when I stopped sleeping like more than like six hours a night. And I've never slept really more than five or six hours since then. So I, the, so it kind of changes your body a little bit. Obviously, oh. this was 15 years ago. But um, what was crazy was when I went back, uh, like after, like Jan, like it was New, uh, New Year's Eve or no, it was December, it was November, it was October, November, and I didn't really drink. I didn't. It wasn't like a big. Oh my God, we're gonna get fucked up on December first. No, I, I really didn't. I went to a Christmas party, like maybe a week before. Uh, a week before Christmas uh-huh. and that's the first like cocktail I had and I was I had like two cocktails and it was wasted oh yeah slurring my words and shit I'm like Jesus Christ so of course I did the smart thing and had another cocktail <laughs> and uh, I was like I had to have my date that I was there it was like a platonic kind of day it was just a friend and she's like do you want me to take you home I'm like yeah so I went to bed and I slept for like 10 hours straight wow I'm like, fuck, my body's completely changed. So, I, I, I mean, I've done it before. And I, there's been times where I'm just like somebody challenged me to it. And I was like, eh, can you, uh, do you think you can go like a month without drinking? I'm like, yeah, guaranteed. Done it before. I'm not an alcoholic. Right. I've gone, recently I've gone weeks without drinking alcohol. Like it's not, it's not that, that's, it's not that big of a part of my life. Well, what is anymore. part of your life though is, is going out and being social. And that's, right. that's where the alcohol comes yes, in. Yes, exactly. Which is where I have trouble with quitting smoking is like, it's like a social drinking, smoking, drinking this, social this. And, and I know that that's unhealthy to a certain degree, but so is locking yourself away and not being social. That's what I do. I know. And it's not healthy. It's a problem. And we know this. <laughs> So, but it is, it is good to not, I mean, it's good to cleanse every now and then. Oh, no, I, I agree hundred yeah. percent. So maybe we'll do like a February, no drinking or something like that. You want to do it two months? Yeah. That's what you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're older. You're, you could start right like, now. No, I'm not going to start. I'm January. not fucking starting right now. Okay. No. Fine. Has to be on the month, the beginning of the month. Gotcha. So, so that's my gig. It's what I'm doing. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Well, good. I, I don't think cause since I don't drink a whole lot right now. Yeah. Like if I weren't to make any other changes, I don't think a weight would be the, changed that much. The only you know thing is, is I would have to have a small loophole for the drinking thing because I do work Bullshit. at. I, no, no. I you work at Blackbridge. Go ahead and listening. Part of my job is to make sure from batch to batch that things are okay. And what, it, what what am I supposed to tell somebody who goes, yeah, this 80 shilling doesn't taste right, like happened to okay, me last if week. if you're just taking a, a, and ha- I, a half a uh, swallow or whatever yeah, you do. Yeah, not even that much. Like a, just a little sip just right. to make sure that it tastes right. Uh, like that's, that, that's okay. But that's still breaking. It is. It's still breaking it. But So that's what I mean. Like I'd have so to have like a little. Is, yeah, yeah. just have, to have a little loophole for that, you know, like a shot here or there. You know, I have to have a loophole for that. No, right. I would, that would be like the only loophole that I would have to have because it not being able to taste that stuff is detrimental to my job. Right. Yeah. No, but I, so no, let's, what we should do is just put it out there to the listeners. That would have to do two months in a row if we do it in February. Oh, we don't have to do it in February. Maybe we can do it in March. Oh, God, can you imagine being sober for St. Patty's Day? Yeah, that doesn't work. That's <laughs> 100% unequivocally not, not going to work. Although I don't Lisa really. Lisa said, fuck it, I'm hungry. <laughs> 
Well, why not? Look at eat the, that. Look at, why look at why this. wouldn't she eat that? Lisa wears, put it this way Lisa wears a size, I want to say she wears like a size five or six rings. She has little tiny fingers. Mm-hmm. Look at that little tiny wing. Good lord. That that chicken Hold wing, that's favorite. a that's a blade. It's not a drumstick. So, so 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 obviously Mexico doesn't have all the the hormones that they pump into their chickens that we do. Is that what the deal a- is? Apparently not. Well, that actually that's probably part of it. it probably is part of it. I mean, that's, no, pr- that's probably part of it. Now that I think about it, we have these chickens that can't even walk hardly because they're all fucked that's up. That's so gross. But that's what it is. It's bad. So. These wildfires in Australia worry me. Look at that. That doesn't look real. It, it looks like a set. <laughs> it doesn't look real. It's so red. Yep. And that's on the coast. That's so, so bad. Oh, I saw like it's a crazy figure. Okay. So in the United States during fire season, U.S., not quite 5 million acres were burnt this past nasty fire season. Yeah. It's like, it was like, it was like 4.98 million acres. Right. Right now, they're up to 42 million acres. In Australia, that have yes, burned like 10, 10 times. Yes, whatever they also fucking it, crazy. It was look how look how many square miles. Look that data up, and oh. it's 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 oh. like it's hundreds like of square hundred, miles. Yeah, it, or it, maybe it, thousands. I don't know what it is. They said if you add up like Rhode Island, Delaware, and New Jersey, and a couple other states, that's the amount that has burned. It it's it's a crazy number. Um, but I saw I I saw either the news or read something this morning that gave a square sixty two thousand five hundred square miles. That's a, that's forty million acres in square miles is sixty two thousand five hundred. <laughs> sixty two thousand. Jesus fucking miles. Christ! I mean, that's that, uh, anyway. Do you see the yeah. video of the koala bear that was they were they were they were there was a koala there, bear that yeah when they rescued the koala bear and the koala bear died like two days later. And no, well were, there was one oh, there were the no. people that were bicycling or something and, and this koala was in the street and it was running away from the fire or whatever they do and they gave it like it drank like four big water bottles full of water because it was you know and normally there are people kind of like, apparently they have chlamydia they do they're carriers for chlamydia right and all kind of, and they're not necessarily a nice animal although you no. know I, I petted one at uh, the at, drop uh, bears Steve Irwin's place and um, when you and Steve Irwin were hanging out like how you, you, he, know, was, you he, he was dead oh okay did, I did saw you his tell daughter. anybody I saw, I, I saw his daughter Oh really, Bindi? Yeah. yeah, she was there. Did you meet Bindi? Or I didn't Irwin? meet her. She was in one of the acts. You know, oh, the alligators oh, 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 okay, stuff, okay. Taunting the alligators and what they do. <laughs> one of the acts. Crocodiles, you make it sound like she was alligators. fucking. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. You, one whatever. of the acts. You make it sound like she was on the pole. <laughs> she was like, now for Bindi Irwin's ping pong trick. Get your dollars out and put your hands together for Bindi Irwin. Bindi Irwin. <laughs> She's all. I think we need to close out on that one. Okay, but hold on a second. Okay, so so uh, and they also have they also have uh, wires going over the highways mm-hmm. for the for the koalas, so they can cross. Yeah, so I saw all those. Hey, what's that? And the guy I was with, he was from the insurance company. He goes, oh, this is for the koalas. What that's? I said, really? Strudel, strudel delivery system. Yeah, <laughs> this is supposed to. Yeah. Anyway, so it was kind of a sad thing. This koala was just dying of thirst, literally, and it was running away from the fires. Yeah, it's like holy shit. It's funny because they're they they're they're not endangered. They're not no, even protected. Yeah. They're dirty, nasty little creatures. They're so cute, but they're so cute. Yeah, that they do shit like that. If it was, if it was a kangaroo, they would have shot it. Right, <laughs> because they don't like kangaroos. In Australia. They eat uh, roux meat. Right, they eat the shit out of roux. And I've how heard it. Taste. I would like. I'm to surprised go. you didn't have someone who were there. Like I should have demanded it. Should, okay, maybe don't demand it. That's oh. not being a good tourist. Where's the roux meat? Like the rude American the room. running around, yeah, like, the streets. 
Uh, you know, it'd be great if you guys didn't have such weird English accents, man. Like, there's one of those people. Speak American. Speak American. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, I'm done. done. I'm Fine. done. You Fine. done? Uh, yes. All right. So we'll Thanks, talk folks. To you, talk to you guys next time. Stay gold. Be good. Mm-hmm.